Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you today. My name's Greg Beach, um, and uh, I'm one of the leaders at Manly Life. I'm glad to be able to share God's word with you. I trust the lockdown is going reasonably well for you, and uh, we think especially of those who have uh, employment challenges right now and business challenges, and we pray that this lockdown will finish soon, and uh, we pray that uh, we'll be able to resume normal life. So we're studying the book of Ephesians, and this Sunday and next Sunday, we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we have been assiduously working through Ephesians over the last months. It's been a great series. And for two Sundays, we're going to look at spiritual warfare as it unfolds in chapter 6. And this subject of spiritual warfare is so important, and it's a great way of concluding our Ephesians series. I'm reminded of spiritual warfare every time I pray the Lord's Prayer uh, in the morning. When we pray, oh, Father, deliver us from the evil one. I often think, why would Jesus ask us to pray that? You know, what was he thinking that we have to pray, deliver us from the evil one as our form, normal daily prayer? And it's because I believe Jesus knew that we would all be attacked by the evil one. We would need to know deliverance and freedom from his oppressive attacks. And we would need to pray that very often. So that's why spiritual warfare is really important. Jesus saw it as important. Paul sees it as important, certainly. And our experience has been that warfare is part of the Christian life. Let's read Ephesians 6 just for a few moments, and we're going to look at verse 10 following uh, as we unfold what Paul has to teach us about this important subject. Paul says, look, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And therefore, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. And after you've done everything else to really be able to stand. So let's pray. Father, help us today to understand a little bit more about spiritual warfare to understand our authority in Christ, to understand that the enemy is under our feet and we can take authority over his attacks, his oppression. And I pray for anybody who is watching um, this message today that you will help them be free today, help them come into another level of freedom. And if they're being oppressed, if there's issues in their life where the enemy is causing chaos and havoc and some difficulties, I pray that today they will know liberty and freedom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So there are a few points that I want to make in introduction as we study spiritual warfare. And before we look at the armor of God and the aggressive tools that he's given us to fight this battle, I think we need to understand some of the principles and uh, to have a paradigm, if you will, for understanding how we can undertake spiritual warfare. So the first point I want to make is that every single one of us will be involved in a spiritual struggle, in a spiritual battle. 
you can't avoid it. It's uh, part of the Christian life. And if you've been a Christian for a few days or for many years, it doesn't matter. You're still going to be involved in a spiritual battle. Paul says we have a struggle that uh, is not against flesh and blood, not against human beings, although we often have those struggles as well. But he says our struggle is actually against these principalities and powers of this dark world, the, the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So spiritual warfare is very real. And the problem is that uh, for all of us here in Australia, we live in a society and a culture that does not see the supernatural realm or doesn't accept it. So our culture is scientific, it's humanistic, uh, it's a secular mindset, a non-supernatural mindset. And so we live in this society, we live in this culture, and it we sort of imbibe that, that way of thinking, that, that mindset, so that we don't take warfare that seriously. And for some of us to not even believe in warfare. Many Christians I know... Uh, just have a theoretical knowledge of spiritual warfare, but their cultural worldview seems to just take them out of the possibility that they might be under spiritual attack and they might need to deal with it. I remember once Sydney prominent uh, theologian making the, uh, the point once that he believed that demons that Jesus encountered in his time were just psychological illnesses. And I thought that was interesting because he has a very high view of Scripture, but he, he could not get around this worldview, this mindset. I was the same, actually, when I was younger. And uh, I remember early on in my ministry, a direct encounter with the demonic that just blew my doors off. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I was way out of my depth. I remember receiving a phone call in the middle of the night from a young man who was deeply distressed. It was like two o'clock in the morning. He was ringing me from the wayside chapel in town. And he said, help, I've been attacked. I think it's I've been attacked by a devil or something. And uh, would you please come and help me and pray, pray with me? And I remember getting some friends and we went into town and we talked to this young man. And he was a, a retail executive, uh, quite a, a large man. And when we found him in town, he, he was really shattered. He, his clothes were ripped. He was shaking. He'd had some encounter, he believed, with Satan. And what he'd done, he'd picked up a girl at a pub and uh, spent the night and the next day with her. And then they were having a chat uh, on the night in which he called me. And he said he was a Christian. They were talking about religion. And and he began to recite the Apostles' Creed that he'd learned in a Christian school he'd attended. Immediately, this girl erupted. I mean, she just went crazy and she began to scream at him and attack him. She seemed to have some supernatural strength. And he, filled with fear, tried to run out of the room and she's throwing stuff around. And he managed to make his escape, got into a taxi and was driving around Sydney trying to find a priest when he finally went to the wayside chapel and called me. Well, we led this young man to Christ and then we went back to his home and sure enough, there was a girl in his bed and she was sleeping and we couldn't rouse her. She was breathing okay, but she was like in a catatonic state and I was just freaking with this. 
I didn't know what to do, so I called a doctor. That's what you do. And I had the doctor come from one of our church members, checked her out, couldn't find anything wrong. So then I said, oh, I'll call a pastor I've heard of who does deliverance. And he came and he knelt beside her and he, he was talking to her and she started to erupt and writhe in the bed and make animal noises. And But she refused to allow Jesus to come into her life. And eventually uh, she walked out of the house and that was it. And I was just left just shaken. I'd never seen anything like this. The next night I got a phone call from this young man again and the girl had come back to his house. A flatmate had let, she, let the girl in inadvertently and middle of the night heard the knock on the door, let her in. And she'd gone into this young man's uh, bedroom again and she had tried to, to uh, beat him up again and he'd run out, called me. And so we went and we met this girl and we ended up having a conversation with her. And it turned out that she'd been heavily involved in witchcraft, and, um, but she didn't want anything to do with Jesus. So that was my first encounter. And over the years then we had hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of encounters at various levels of people who were demonized it became quite normal for us to see things like this. But before that, I had just had a naturalistic view. And, you know, many of us have that. We see people struggle, uh, say, with, with, with marriage or something like that, and we think it's just purely psychology and they just need therapy. Or we see church conflicts in terms of just personal conflict. And we don't understand that there may be an enemy at work and... We see society locked into all kinds of economic inequality and oppression of various people groups. And we think, oh, well, that's just sociological issues. And maybe we don't realize that there is a supernatural evil presence at work in many of the problems we're facing. The Bible says there is a spiritual dimension to all that is destructive and all that's working to bring people into bondage in our society. Behind all that tears down families, I believe, and individuals, there are spiritual forces at work. And as I said, behind many of society's problems, behind the injustice, the, the racism, the poverty, the exploitation, uh, even the exploitation of our first peoples in Australia, I believe there are powerful evil forces behind the conflicts globally and the warmongering and the threats that we see globally, I believe the enemy is at work. Behind the suppression of the poor, I think are spiritual forces. It's not just a matter of economics or politics or education. There's something else also at work. Jesus identified it and he said in very clearly in John 5, 19, he said this, that Satan is the prince of this world, and he has the world under a level of control, of dominion. So the problems we face in society, we will fail to address them properly unless we realize that there is another battle being waged. It's like, you know, trying to address COVID-19, uh, somebody who has that virus, by putting a Band-Aid on them. It will not work. So I think we have to realize that our struggles, sometimes in our marriage, sometimes with bondages and addictions to lust and various sexual sins, 
sometimes anxiety and depression, there may well be a spiritual dimension involved, a force that we need to contend with. So firstly, I wanted to make that point. There is a spiritual struggle that all of us are involved in. And then secondly, facing this struggle, I want you to know that you have authority and you have a position in Christ that will enable you to overcome every attack. Most people, as we've noted, have a secular worldview. They don't see this spiritual realm. There are others, though, that go to the opposite extreme, and they think that everything that goes wrong is caused by a demon. Every headache, every toothache, every backache is demonic. Everything that goes wrong, every flat tire, every uh, issue is caused by demons. Every illness must be demonic. And I, I think that's just such an unhealthy imbalance as well. It's another extreme. And so people like that either get obsessed by demons or they feel very fearful of demons. So we want to reject that view as much as we reject the secular view that sees that demons are never to be contended with. So before we look at Ephesians 6, let's, let's look at our authority and position in Christ that sets up our study on the spiritual armor and some of these aggressive tools that we can use in warfare. Paul gives us a context for Ephesians 6 in his preceding chapters. Let's go to Ephesians 1.18. You might remember this from our series early on. Paul says in Ephesians 1.18 following, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order, in order that you might know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, his incomparably great power for us who believe. He says that power is the same as his mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And he seated Jesus at the right hand in the heavenly realms, at his right hand, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. And God placed all things under the feet of Jesus, appointing him to be head over everything. Wow. And then in chapter 2, verse 6, God raised us up with Christ and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, this is really important because we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. That's your position in Christ. You are seated with him. You are seated alongside of the glorious, all-powerful Father God. You are seated in Christ in these heavenly realms. So you are seated next to the Father and in Christ in the heavenly realms. And Paul says you have a great inheritance, which is his incomparably great power, that resurrection power for all of us who believe. And he says... Where are the spiritual forces? Where are the powers? Where is everything placed? Where, where is everything located in relation to you and Christ? Well, it's under the feet of Christ and under your feet. So we have a position in Christ to deal 
with every attack of the enemy. We're seated in heavenly places. We're with the Father and his glorious Son, Jesus Christ. We've been given incomparably great power. And there's no authority on earth that can compare with the power of Jesus. No, uh, no power, no nuclear power on the earth could compare with that resurrection power. And you have the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, residing in you. So there's no need to fear a demon. There's no need to fear the spiritual attacks that come your way. You have authority given to you in Christ to cast out and to break and rebuke every demonic attack. That's who you are. That's who we are in Christ. It's where we are located in Jesus. So I want to remind you of this this morning because when we look at the armor of God, it's important to know what authority we have in the battle and where demons are actually located under our feet. Because the enemy will lie to you. He will try to deceive you. That's what he does. He'll try to put you in panic. He'll try to oppress you. He'll try to get you to give up. He'll try to uh, get you to surrender to whatever oppression he's putting over you. But the truth is he's under your feet. And the Bible says greater is he that is in you than is he that is in the world. That's incomparably greater. So Paul says in Ephesians 6, if we jump across there and verse 10, he says, in this position you have in Christ, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Keep on being strong is the sense in the text. Don't let your guard down, but you have his incomparably power at work in you. And then thirdly, this morning, we need to take a stand. We need to stand up against the attacks of the enemies. So Paul is quick to, to call us and to plead with us, be strong, friends, in God's power. Put on the armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We are waging a war against the devil in chapter 4 of Ephesians and verse 27, Paul says, Don't give the devil a foothold. And we know the word devil means liar, slanderer. Elsewhere he's called Satanist or Satan. And think about what Paul says about uh, the devil, even in Ephesians alone. In chapter 2 he says he's the ruler of the kingdom of the air. So he has has incredible power. He's out there. He's a ruler. In chapter 4 and verse 27, he says he's the one who tries to gain a foothold in our lives. In chapter 6, verse 11, he says the devil has schemes and strategies working against you. In chapter 6, 12, he says we're involved in a, a struggle. Literally, it's a, a wrestling match, a battle against the enemy. He also says that the enemy attacks us with flaming darts and we need protection from that. And we know in other writings of Paul uh, in the New Testament, he says that Satan is at work in so many ways, tempting us sexually, uh, putting us in bondage to unforgiveness, tormenting us, blocking, resisting us, and so on. So we know the enemy is really at work, but the call here 
in the scripture is to take your stand. But how do you do that? How do you take your stand? Well, you do it in several ways. Next week, we'll learn about putting on the full armor of God and the weapon of prayer. But for today, I want to encourage you, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, if you feel you're under oppression, take a stand today. And you have an anointing from the Holy Spirit to tell the enemy to leave and to lift off. If you're going through issues in, re- in your relationship, tell the enemy to leave. Take a stand for truth and remember who you are in Christ. If you're facing other struggles, maybe emotional struggles, maybe struggles in your workplace and struggles in, in finance, where you know that there's something of the enemy that seems to be at work, take authority today. Take your stand. Command the enemy to leave. And in the name of Jesus, he will lift off. And if you're struggling with that, reach out to a Christian friend and say, hey, would you just join me in prayer and pray with me as well? So friends, all of us are involved in a spiritual struggle. It's a spiritual battle and we'll be doing that until the until the day Jesus comes back or we leave this planet and uh, go to be with him. Remember that it's crucial to know your authority and his incomparably great power and the fact that everything is under the feet of Christ and you are in Christ. And remember, take your stand, resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. So in closing, uh, I want to make a couple of points just to finish off and then I'll pray. I think we need to understand the difference that all this makes in our lives. Sometimes God allows things to happen. He allows situations to happen in our lives. And these these can be great mysteries. Sometimes he allows sickness and other events for a purpose we don't understand. You know, we live in a fallen, broken world. And sometimes stuff happens just because it's a broken world. So while we accept that, We also know that it's never God's will for the devil to oppress you. It's never God's will for the enemy to torment you. And so that situation you're in, whatever destruction is coming uh, to you personally, whatever evil is attacking your mind and your heart, wherever there's a spiritual force at work, we ought to know that it's not God's will and we stand against it and command it to be gone. And we need to be sensible with that because if there are people who have sickness, we should never assume that all sickness is of the enemy. It's not. Sometimes it's just that we're part of a broken world. But where the enemy is at work and where we sense there's there's another agenda being worked out, we stand against it and break that in Jesus' name. Secondly, the authority we have doesn't come from ourselves. You can never defeat a demon in your own strength and power. They're far too powerful, way too malevolent. But your authority comes from Christ and he's given it to you absolutely. Your enemy is under the feet of Christ and under your feet. And whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or just for one week, it doesn't matter. Your authority in Christ is absolute and you can be free today from the attacks of the enemy. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus not on demons or evil oppression. Take authority over the enemy and command the enemy to leave and you will be free in his name. 
and then some common sense advice. Sometimes that headache you have is just a headache. Sometimes the back pain is just back pain and sometimes a flat tire is just a flat tire. And it's important that we don't read demonic influence into everything that goes wrong in our lives. But at the same time, you know, we, you know, as being sensible at the same time, we need to recognize that demonic power is real and deal with it as it comes up. And then spiritual warfare is also never an excuse to stop working on our issues, you know. Don't blame the enemy for everything and not work on your marriage, not work on your personal reactivity, not work on your unforgiveness, not work on some of those issues in your personality and your behavior. Get counseling, get help, have a mentor who will help you. And when you're addressing poverty, don't just think it's evil oppression, but do something to help the poor. So take responsibility and rise up as well. So I hope that makes sense for you. I hope that helps today. And I want us to just pray now, and then I'm going to read a prayer that I read each morning as part of my prayer time. Father, I pray for everybody watching this today, wherever they are and whatever they're doing, that you will set them free from any attack of the enemy they may be experiencing. Oh God, bring them into the liberty of the Spirit. May they know the authority of who they are in Christ. And may they resist the enemy and command him to leave and know the freedom and liberty that is their inheritance because of your incomparably great power for all of us who believe in Jesus' name. Lord, deliver us from the Satan, the accuser, our adversary, so no weapon formed against us will prosper, so that every tongue that rises against us in judgment, you will silence. So every fiery dart of the wicked one is extinguished by the shield of faith. So that as we submit to you and resist the devil, the devil is forced to flee. And so that as we draw near to Jesus Christ, lifted up, his cross becomes for us the axis of love, expressed in forgiveness that transforms the world. And the Satan who led humanity into rivalry, accusation, violence, domination, war, empire, and all manner of sins. Oh God, that Satan is driven out from among us. Oh God of peace, crush Satan under our feet this day. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless each one of you. Amen.